hello, and welcome to yet another episode of the Rangers Rundown. I am Max Rednight by Mike. Hey now. And Hayden. What's up? Uh, Minor League Baseball is up. Mike's got that. Yeah. Yep. Cole Wynn pitching tonight. Looking good. Uh, I was about to say the Rangers are turning double plays. The one thing that they were really good at for the last like decade, mostly because our pitchers are really good at letting guys get on first base, and then we promptly missed the double play there. So... Glad I didn't say anything slightly faster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So I mean, there. I guess there's a uh, on the on the podcast. I'll be neutral. I'm not watching anything at the moment. We have, I guess, uh, potential good and certain ruin. Right? Is on the screen. Something like that. Yeah. Yep. It's, uh, man. And now, now, <laughs> I guess now the question is, who is who? <laughs> uh, I think we all know. Yeah, so Colwyn, I guess we can cut. I mean, I guess elephant in the room is the Rangers. Uh, I don't recall exactly when our last episode was. I believe it was with Evan Grant. It was. Um, so that was roughly Tuesday a week ago. Okay, so two weeks ago. Uh, at, at that point, the Rangers were already starting to kind of fall apart, and uh, and, and definitely dip below five hundred. And he thought, okay, maybe maybe being five hundred is not is not exactly where they're going to be the whole rest of the way. And then they promptly went and, and said, well, maybe they might get like a, the number one pick. (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, yeah, it hasn't, it's been a, it's been a bad three, four weeks. One and and nine uh, over their last 10. They're three games back for the first overall pick, not to Baltimore. Uh, they're they're a game behind Baltimore, who's in okay. uh, second. Uh, the Diamondbacks are doing some just truly extraordinary things out there in the desert. So nice. Yeah. So no. yeah. So but, but anyway, so that being said, especially with with the draft being what three weeks away now, three and a half weeks or so, uh, it's going to be focused on the guys that are that are young, pretty much. Hopefully we get to talk about Josh Young sometime soon too. But but mm-hmm. yeah, Cole Wynn and and the entire rotation at Frisco has been pretty impressive so far. It it feels kind of fun. I mean, it it, it feels super foreign at least for me because I mean it should to all of us for some degree because there was no minor league season last year. You know, it was roughly 600 days between minor league games, which is you know awful and and a number of reasons. But I don't know. We've gone through this thing so many times where these there are these high you know for for whatever reason there are these high variance prospects um, you know there's very few jerks and profars who come through now not obviously that didn't pan out like we wanted to but by and large he wasn't a high variance guy he was the number one draft or he was the number one prospect he came up and he's been a you know okay player if he didn't have those yeah, injuries he's been a big he, leaguer for what seven years now eight years yeah now, so. yeah and, and if he didn't have those injuries you know he might have been able to to really fulfill that potential but mostly our guys are the guys that are if they make the top 100 lists they're they're because somebody is, believes in them that that you know hans kraus is the next freaking chris sale or something like that and uh but honestly he's probably not going to reach that and and whether it's because of injury concerns i think about like michael matuella who of course was was let go recently or because of uh you know uh repeatability issues or or just kind of injury issues like chris cease for example or or cole reagan's there's all these there's all these guys that are you you because we're rangers fans we want to believe in and we have those rose-colored glasses but there's always like the 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 objectivity says yeah but these are all the reasons why 
they're they're not going to ever hit that potential. So that's my long introduction into man these pitchers in Frisco seem to be pretty you know straightforwardly good and not I mean Hans Kraus is always going to have those issues until he can quiet them I guess in the big leagues for an extended period of time. But uh you know guys like Cole Wynn um and Yeri Rodriguez are pitching well and they're doing it without tricks they're just good at their jobs and that jake last to that too right yeah jake last of course yeah so that's that's my introduction y'all go with that i guess well let me just go ahead and tell you that cole win uh, just gave up a three-run homer so um yeah that's that's the end oh, that's the end of cole he's working he's on gonna stuff re- he's gonna retire tonight and we'll never see him again yeah, he gave up a solo shot the first to Bobby Witt Jr., who's obviously one of the top prospects in baseball, and then struck out Nick Prado. And then in this inning, he walked Bobby Witt Jr. and gave up a big shot to uh, to Nick Prado. So, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go, Hayden. This is your fault. <laughs> I mean, yes, well, I, I blame I, Hayden. I don't oh, have this test in front of me, but... Joey Gallo is uh, making people look very stupid in the majors. <laughs> Uh, outfield assist from Joey Gallo will continue to be extraordinarily fun. Uh, yeah, he just threw a guy out by like 10 feet. He threw a guy out by so far that I was like, oh, they held the runner at th- Oh, no, he's he's out there. <laughs> you think they learn at some point, right? God, he had a while. Jose Trevino had enough time to like fix a pot of coffee waiting for that guy to get in there. <laughs> Retie his shoes. <laughs> yeah. He got in. He actually... he. Threw his entire body over there to get in front of the slide, and he almost messed up by by basically obstructing. He had so much time to reposition himself. Jeez, <laughs> I'm not sure who the base runner was there, but I'm gonna go with inadvisable. Not not a great send. Maybe the third base coach does not know who Joey Gallo is. So yeah, that's an an, an interesting decision, and I wish them. The best of luck on that. Uh, so the, the the bad luck Rangers have having good things happen. The good luck Rough Riders are getting Trevor Bueno warming in the bullpen. So no, and yeah, no. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I I'd like to go back to to the pitchers in a second, but sure. But, uh, but before we were talking, before we hit record, we were talking about Joey Gallo a little bit, or. Really, I was talking about Joey Gallo, and you mentioned an interesting decision to send the runner. Well, I would wonder the Rangers do have an interesting decision of their own Whoa. with this guy. Look at the segue. Look at that. It was going to be good until you brought everybody's attention to it. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> it was now, good. It was it good. Was Hayden. Good. No, I liked well, it. I liked it. And well, it, it, because we truly were talking about this what twenty minutes ago or again, I was talking about it, is I, I love the guy, and I, I've i been a believer of his since about 2017, and uh, when I got over strikeouts, you know, every, there's a time in every baseball fan's life when they stop caring about strikeouts, so that happened for me around then. Um, I mean, I love the guy, and I, 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 it's awesome to have, you know, a guy that you read about having mega power in the minors come up and stick around. You know, he, he's an everyday big leaguer. He's a very good big leaguer. Um, the, the kind of thing that we've always kind of dreamt on with him is when he's at his peak, when he is, when he is clicking on all cylinders, he's batting like 240, 250, and he's an MVP candidate. Um, and 
with a year and a half left on his contract, I, I, we've we've gotten glimpses of that. I, I think it was 2019. I, I don't have the stats in front of me when yeah, he he yeah, really kind yes. of put it all together. Yeah. Um, and 2020 is kind of a wash for everybody, but at the same time, it does count to some degree. And 2021 seems more of the same thing of of just a very good player. He's a very he's a winning piece in a variety of ways. Whether it's with the glove, whether it's with the bat. The on-base percentage will always be there for him, um, but I'm kind of, and I, I I do want the Rangers to to extend him, of course. But w- maybe he's not the face of the franchise, and I I didn't want to say that, but I think that we're getting to the point where he's I think 28, going to be 29 soon. I mean, is he what he is, and is he the guy that you build around? Is he is he is he where you say, well, trade them all except for Joey? Right or or is he part of the? Is he not going to be on the next good Rangers team? Is is what I'm starting to let my mind wander to. All right. Well, that was your show, folks. I'm going to go walk into the sea. <laughs> um, and I, right? Yeah. I hope I don't come back. And I mean, these are at least the, yeah. these are at least the con- the conversations that are happening. In uh, you know, Chris Young is getting calls about Gallo. He's he's a oh, running yeah. piece, and and he's going to be yeah, a free agent a, in twenty twenty three. I get a Joey Gallo notification, you know, every three days now, and every time I do, I'm always like, oh, did I miss like a dinger? And every single time, it's the Padres have expressed interest in Joey Gallo. The Yankees are they a good fit for Joey? Like it's just about the inevitability of national media going. Well, there's this like a uh, role player on the Rangers, and he's probably going to get traded for a moderate return at the deadline. That's like oh. Yeah, that's the part that's going to hurt is, is seeing what the return is going to be. That's going to that's going to just be depressing, in my opinion. Well, and I think it's going to depend on. Uh, I mean, if if this is inevitable, which I don't think it is, I don't want to go down that road. But um, I mean, a year and a half of Gallo versus a half a year of Gallo, if you're talking about a deadline deal, is is way different, in my opinion. I mean, way way different. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, outside of it, obviously being that he can impact two playoff races, but you also get him for the 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 initial part of the year next year too. It's and of course you have those exclusive uh, extension rights too. I mean, those are valuable. Um, and and so you got to think if you're Chris Young, if you got to look at the team at large and you got to look at what's the plan because if if you trade Gallo, you're 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 punting on the next two years as well, which. Honestly, if you put it that way, are the Rangers going to be in the playoffs in the next two years? Probably not. And so you go, okay, well, then are we either going to trade Gallo or extend him? And you you make a decision based off of this. the offers, I guess, right? This is not what I signed <laughs> up for tonight. Hmm. Oh, you can always just just we can always just close the tab and then just watch the Rangers play actual baseball instead of just talking about the theoretical take off Ladies. my headphones watch the little sound things go off as y'all talk about this just sit here and think about Willie Calhoun or something ladies and gentlemen you're hearing the end of Rangers Rundown this is it yeah this is it I, we're divorcing I Hayden <laughs> I, I think I mean, it's just the the way that the question comes out and it's something that I think we've all probably thought about a little bit but have put away our subconscious is protecting us. And, and that's exactly. just that. That's what I'm saying. Is Joey Gallo part of the next good Rangers team? And I think the answer can be and should be yes. 
Um, and that I really don't think an extension for Gallo is an unreasonable thing for this team to do. I think he's, he is the kind of piece that you can still build around, even if you're not building around the way you'd like to be building around, you know, Mike Trout or Jake DeGrom or whatever, right? Yeah, and it, it, we discussed this in one of our recent podcasts that it it's not going to cost as much as you might think to, no. to sign him to an extension. I That's went and dug a bunch does, of the contracts yeah. for guys who were, uh, you know, coming up on 30, who were, you know, 28, 29, 30, 31 years old. Because he's not, you're not comparing him to Mookie Betts. No. You're not comparing him to Francisco Lindor. This is not a 26-year-old or a 25-year-old or even a 27-year-old who's coming off of some all-world seasons. This is going to be a 29-year-old player. He'll turn um, 30 after his last season, if I remember right, because this is a November baby. Um, he's gonna, But he's going to be a 29-year-old player. And he's going to be coming off of, unless you know he just turns it on the rest of this year and all of next year, which is possible, but it seems unlikely. I think it's a little bit irrelevant talking about it, extending him if you're the Rangers right now. Um, guys who've been signing those deals, they're not signing for $100 billion. It's been a lot of like somewhere around four years and somewhere around $60 million. That's guys like... Um, uh, DJ Castellanos, right? deal. Nick Castellanos is in that conversation for sure. Um, a guy who's in the conversation and will presumably no longer be in these conversations going forward, Marcel Ozuna, um, who has probably uh, managed to domestic violence his way out of Major League <laughs> Baseball. So good, good to him. Uh, but I mean, the contract still matters. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these guys who are you know not over thirty yet who have played some good baseball, have some upside, but have either like never quite tapped into it or just aren't the same kinds of guys as the, the, the huge top-end dudes, these dudes aren't signing $150 million deals. They're, they're signing relatively short deals. Teams don't want to keep... I don't think teams are really clamoring to have a 38-year-old Joey Gallo under contract. Right. Yeah, they, But true. they're pretty comfortable with the idea of a 31, 32-year-old Joey Gallo. He's still an excellent athlete. He's he won a gold glove last year. Like, he just threw a dude at the plate by roughly three area codes. Like, I mean, he's a good player. He's got, a, I think, a 119 WRC+. Plus. I just don't think he's going to be that expensive. And maybe Texas looks at it and says $60 million on a, a good, not great right fielder isn't where we want to be spending money on this team, even if he's one of our own guys. And that's depressing. Mm-hmm. Well, there's really there's a big problem with that logic, though, because it's not like we have someone waiting in the wings, knocking yeah. on the door in the minors. Yeah, Eli White. I, I think Texas should... Yeah, like I said. <laughs> Eli, look, Eli White is a 99th percentile player in sprint speed, and he has no other stats enough that StatCast is willing to give me percentiles on things other than his hard hit rate, which is very hey. bad, and I won't say it. Chris Woodward said he was an elite player. Mm-hmm. So that's the kiss I mean, of death. Yeah, yeah. I was no. going to say, you do know what that means, right? Yeah, it's the kiss like of death. Was the guy who started that? Was he? No, it might have been. Matt, that was Matt Davidson. Oh, Matt Davidson. Yep, right. you're right. You're right. Has he yep. been back he, to the bigs since that happened? I don't I'm gonna, think so. I'm going to do this. He's probably working at Home Depot. Matt Davidson. <laughs> He's in the Dodgers organization. In theory. Come on. Let's see. He has been in the bigs. Yeah, he played a couple of games for... He played 20 games for Cincinnati last year and was quite bad. There you go. All right. There you go. Yeah. So he... he yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, well, uh, allow Eli me... Allow me to just add one more 
kind of, you know, wild card to this whole, you know, crystal ball thing that's going to unfold, at least in part, over the next six weeks or so, is uh, Scott Boris. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. takes the guys to, the, to free agency. So this might be irrelevant. Or well, it might be irrelevant in terms of, you know, maybe the Rangers can get X for X, you know, lock him up right now, and then you don't got to worry about it. That's probably not going to happen. So you got to think, well, he's going to hit the, the market, the free market, um, after 2022 because that's because Scott Boris. So that, of course, could could factor into how they feel about signability, you know, because he will be a free agent if they don't trade him. And uh, and they're not going to make him a qualified offer, so we'll get nothing for him. Oh, that's interesting. I forgot about the qualifying offer. There's no way they make him a qualifying offer. Well, but it changes year to year. What's it, what's it right now, like 118? Yeah, it's it's still going to be high enough that it's not. I, I don't think it's going to be what you're talking about for Joe Gallo. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess they could. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of things that could happen. If it's sure. for me, I think you know, Mike. To your point, this is not a guy who who has any. I mean, we're Rangers fans. The Rangers never have an obvious organizational guy waiting in the wings. It seems. Hayden, you were talking about this earlier. This is just not a team that's been that's been doing that. But we've got um, the Rays problem where we have too many above-average Major League shortstops to know what to do with them. And so we have to just, like, trade guys who are... Like, Willie Adamas is a perfectly functional Major League player with, like, a billion years of control. And they're like, yeah, but we have Wander Franco. So they just, like, got rid of him. Rangers are not like that right now. They're going to need to have a right fielder, and they've got a right fielder right now. They've got basically no contracts on the books going forward. It doesn't hurt, though, I think, in, in multiple directions no. to be to looking at a Joey Gallo. But, Mike, to another one of your points, well, I guess it's really more to what Hayden was saying. If you don't think you're able to get an extension on this guy, you have a serious problem of, do we trade him and know that we get value out of this player? Do we sit with him and keep trying to negotiate an extension or just not you know, a, a quasi-extension where you're negotiating a free agent deal, but you're not you're not doing it in the cost-effective, team-friendly way of buying out years. You're like, no, we're going to give you basically a free agent deal, but, you know, let's, let's work it out. Right. But, yeah, if your last recourse there is we're going to hold on and we're going to keep trying to work out this deal, and then we have to slap the QO on him, you know, is Texas willing to run the risk of offering him, you know, $19 million or whatever for one season? Yeah. So you want to be a GM. This is the, <laughs> and this is like the easy... Sounds like a game show. So you want to be a GM. Yeah. 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 Figure solve, this out. Solve this. Predict the future, right? Well, I mean, it's not the easiest part of being a GM, like this, the, the Gallo situation, but, I mean, we're not even talking about... Because the whole thing with Gallo is, if the Rangers are competing in 2023... If they're, if they're going to compete in 2022, which, I mean, I'm not going to put my money on that, then that affects how you how you approach Gallo. And so if, you, if, if you're willing to, you know, say it's going to be 2024 until we're, till we're really going for it, right, that, that kind of, you know, mission statement, so to speak, it needs to determine your moves going forward. So you, it's almost like while we want to have an answer on Gallo because that's our favorite guy and he's kind of, it's black and white, either you keep him or you don't. 
you can't even really move on that until you answer like the big, big, scary question of where is this thing going? And uh, that's why Mike is watching Frisco baseball right now. <laughs> yeah, and, and right, Colin right? has given up. He's given up three home runs now. It's they're no, losing, losing five to one. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, stop watching Frisco baseball. Done. I'm turning it off right Thank now. You. Thank you for your service. Gone. <laughs> what are the other games on? Uh, is because you're watching on MILB TV, right? Not local. Yeah. Yeah. There's. I mean, are either of uh, the Round Rock or the Down East games live for you? I, I'm sure they are, but without sound, it's kind of hard to tell the players. <laughs> You know, uh, Round Rock has Curtis Terry. You can identify him very. Oh easily. yes, the, with that badonkadonk, yeah, <laughs> spot him from a mile away. Yeah, you'll you'll be able to figure that one out. Uh, I guess I could I could try and uh, connect on that uh, Down East game if they're playing tonight because uh, don't know if you guys heard, but Mr. Cole Reagan's got bi-directional league player of the week honors from last week. How about what that? What did you just call the league? Bi-directional, like Southeast. Uh, you know these new names. Uh, I have a... <laughs> uh, no. It's not the Sally League. I know that. <laughs> Come on, man. Y- y'all need to... I I should... I, was there like a memo that you guys passed before this episode? you just like, you're going to make Max's head hurt. <laughs> Evan Carter's in that game. Luis Angel is playing. I mean, he's not looking amazing this season, but he's still fun. Uh, Keytron Moss, you know, Obi Rickenstruck's got a cool name. Yeah. yeah. But I'm excited about Cole Reagans. That was nice for him. He had a nice yeah, little pretty six. So hopefully he can finally put it all together and not break again. Wouldn't that be something? It would yeah. be because he was a prospect. He was a dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, first, first round pick. Yeah. But he, he was out of high school too, right? So he still is, what, 22, 23? I guess he's 24. Something oh, like is that. he even that old? Hayden, like Max is going to tell us. I believe Cole he was Reagans. drafted. He was probably eighteen in two thousand sixteen. He was born so. in November of nineteen, uh, December of nineteen ninety-seven. So. so he will be twenty-four in December. Okay. Okay. Cool. So yeah. So he's still got time to you know oh, yeah. not be a bust. And I, I mean, I don't want to say bust in like a derogatory way. I mean, two TJs is that's is tough. Dev- yeah, it's, that's devastating. Back at all is pretty good. So what's what's the list of uh, major league stars that have had two TJs? Uh, I believe there is no list. Uh, That's correct. has come up a couple yeah. of times. Is a few players zero. Who have, there are a few <laughs> players who have pitched a few innings after a second TJ. It's like four guys who've who've made it back after a second one, if I remember right. Really? Um, and like the, the I was looking at this because someone. Man, and I'm going to sound real dumb because I don't remember who the article was about, but there is someone who's on their um, their return from their second Tommy John. Uh, maybe even related to, like, Syndergaard or Kopech, who aren't even on second ones. But still, they're, like, the, the career wins above replacement for guys with two is, is like, combined, like, two wins or something. Like, you, yeah. pre- you pretty much just don't have any value. Partially it's just time. I mean, two Tommy Johns is is somewhere between three and four years of of just like right. not playing baseball. Most likely, you could get really lucky. I get lucky in the context yeah. of having two Tommy Johns and have them both like line up where you only miss like one year. But 
people who are having two Tommy Johns are not lucky people, definitionally. And so you're yeah. talking about missing three or four years. And so that's the difference between Cole Reagans, who pitched in 2016 and 2017 and then missed 2018 2020. Partially because everybody missed 2020. Like, this is a kid who's really only played two years, and he's going to be 24 years old next season. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... Uh, and he was drafted as a child. So... Yeah. He's drafted as a 19-year-old. Hey, uh, 18-year-old, but still, yeah. So, so I mean, since we're, we're trying to continue to divert attention from the Major League team... Um, and you're talking about drafting and pitching and nope. young people and I'll stuff like do that. This now. I oh really God. Okay. Not I mean <laughs> So draft is uh three weeks away. Can we I mean this this'll change, but man, I am really feeling like we gotta get one of those Vandy guys. I've I've been that way this whole time. I'm I'm not even an amateur scout. I'm I'm not even an armchair scout. I just I, I see clips on Hell, the I don't internet. even watch the sport. Yeah, I, I see clips on the internet, and and I also know that pitching is really hard, and and I would I I just really want one of those guys, and I do not want to get another left side of the infielder. All, although that's fun, but I uh, please get please pit please pitcher, please. Yeah, Jack Lauder, right. please. Jack Lauder, right. please. I'll, I'll take Rocker, but Jack Lauder's my first preference by quite a margin because the decline in Rocker's. Uh, fastball velocity scares me. I mean, the delivery is so good, and and the body's good, and the stats are good, and the velo is good, and the pedigree is outstanding. And I really just don't want to draft another catcher that's going to take six years to hopefully develop. Right. I, I we mean, need someone that's going to help us win in our next window. And ex- yeah, those yeah, two guys fit window? the bill. Well, I mean, that, that's the whole thing, huh? Isn't it, Max? Twenty forty seven. But am I going to be alive for it? I know I won't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, where well, to go with that? So. And I, I mean, and, and, and we we brought this up with Evan Grant, and at least at least I framed the question that way: is you know, baseball is not a sport necessarily where you draft for need, but I do think about the left side of the infield, and we've spent, and or just the infield in general, and we've spent our draft capital on that position recently and I don't know I don't want to hedge my bets against Wenzel and Young and and uh Foskew and IKF to some degree because it looks like he might be around on the left side for a while in the big league team so I mean unless he's A-Rod you know I don't I don't want a high school shortstop you know I okay I, I, I would All I right. would rather I would rather you Khalil Watson I, I would rather you want a college you know, shortstop <laughs> I just want. I just no. Want, he, he wants a middle school shortstop. Let's let's really. Want, uh, we're not diving into this podcast, yeah. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> no, that is between I, 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 Hayden and a higher power, and I don't no. think that we're in a position to be able no, to adjudicate no. that for him. Like I said, I am not a scout to any degree, so we all know that that is not. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know. Okay. No, there's no Anyways, way. Yeah, let's just back out uh, yeah. and say what you were going to say before I started. Talking. I'm just going to. I'm just going to say is that is that I would rather have. I mean, this is Hayden just doing a podcast for free, uh, saying yeah. I You're really not would. Paid? Mike, shush. Uh, Mike, oh, shush. sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm muting now. I've been monetizing that... a secret for years. <laughs> I need to get in on that M M&M and M money. 
Um, Mike, is, what, what do you think the meaning of hush money is? Like, when I email you, that is the subject line. <laughs> hush. I'm not talking the, anymore. Is the yeah. operative word. Is, is I mean, it, it's a really simple way to look at it. But to me, I find that that is the best way to think about stuff like this. Is I would rather have a pitcher hit than an all-star shortstop hit. I mean, if we're talking again, if we're talking about a Rod, if we're you know, if we're talking about a, a once in a generation, the Rangers player, are sure. moving to the National League. But but I would rather have a at least somebody that's at the top of the rotation. Like, give me hope for that. Our best shot right now. We talked about at the beginning of this podcast is is we are used to having guys that are high variance that are well if their you know delivery becomes repeatable or if they can learn how to do a third you know how to use a third pitch or you know if they ever come back from their you know shoulder surgery or whatever mm-hmm. you know it, then then they you could pencil them in in the rotation i i just want somebody who who you have in your system and you say they are going to be a big league pitcher and they're going to be good like i just want that please like i i just I don't know what that feels like. I mean, we're getting excited about Cole Wynn, and and while he is a you know a guy to to, to be excited about, I mean he's a first round pick from like three years ago, and and we still don't know who exactly he could be. Give me give me the give me the can't miss pitcher over the over the hitter to dream on. And and scene. That's all, that's yeah. all I have to say. I mean, I, mean it, I think from a from am a, I alone in that? Like, I, I am no. I crazy? Because I, I don't know. I feel like maybe it's like the unpopular opinion to to stick with the the pitchers at this point. But I, I don't know. Go no, ahead. I'm I'm with you. I I want someone who's gonna be able to help us two years from now. Someone who has performed at a high level, who should be quasi close to the majors. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely the right play. So you're also on board with Khalil Watson. Yeah, no. All right. Yeah, I, I think from a, especially from a very Rangers fan perspective, I am right there with you, Hayden. And that, like, I would like for Texas to have a sort of stud pitching prospect for once, mm-hmm. because it seems like the trajectory of this franchise would be very different if, at any point in the last you know twenty years, Texas had hit on just one like star pitching prospect. And we've come so close a couple of times. Yeah, there have been a couple of guys who have been like, oh, you know, oh, mm, you're getting right there. Derek Holland looked like he might be that guy a couple of times. Martin Perez was always maybe going to be that guy. Matt Harrison was a guy who was oh. maybe going to be that dude, you know. Uh, the closest they came was when they signed Darvish, and then our fans hated him, and uh, that whole thing happened. And uh, it felt different, though. When this team mm-hmm. had you Darvish on it, mm-hmm. it yeah. felt like every five days we had an ace. Like we had a guy who was like, "Yeah, I'm not dreading this person's pitching performances," and that's pretty much unique in my experience as a Texas Rangers fan. Until the like the bizarro Lance Lynn is the best pitcher in baseball nonsense. Right. That was extremely weird. And what did we do with it? You know, nothing. So, woohoo! We got Dunning out of it. Yeah, we did get Dane Dunning, and he's been pretty good. Dane Dunning continues to be fun, and it's like a reason to pay attention to Rangers baseball. But yeah, like for me, since the beginning of the season, since you know last year, I've been watching. I knew Kumar Rocker. I didn't actually know Jack Leiter particularly well coming into the year. Rocker was a you know stud prospect out of high school. He's a, a guy who was in conversation for teams, and I like to read all the fan graphs, draft articles, and stuff. And and like Evan said when we were 
working with him a couple weeks ago, fell because basically he said, you're going to need to really pay me to not go to Vanderbilt, and teams didn't want to do that. And he's been you know, very good. I'm I'm just in the perspective where I do think that the Ranger, you know, if it was me, I'm and I have access to scouting reports and, and assuming there isn't some sort of weird red flag that we as fans don't know about guys like Leiter and Rock or what, you know, assuming everyone is more or less equal on, on these fronts, I, I think I would lean towards the college pitcher as well, knowing that the guy we pick will not be good and will struggle with injuries and that every shortstop that they pass on will be Alex Rodriguez because, duh, like we're not allowed to have nice things. Jordan Lawler is going to be an all-star if the Rangers don't take him. That simple. Of course. Perennial R-star. Yeah, I mean, he's... First yes. ballot Hall of Famer. I don't know about first ballot, but yeah, he's in a good if the, if the Rangers don't pick him. Yeah, unless he's... If, if, if Texas calls Jordan Lawler's name, I hope he has an incredibly good career. But boy, will I be terrified the entire time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that sucks. Because, uh, like, and it's, it's, it's just been funny to watch this because at the beginning of the season, we're like, we know we had the number two pick in the draft. There are two pitchers who within like two weeks separated themselves from everybody else in the draft, high school and college. And it's like, Texas has a chance here. Like the, the Pirates are inevitably going to pick one of these guys and the Rangers need to get the other one. And neither one of them is demonstrably better than the other. And as the season has gone on, all it is is that like 400 high school shortstops have just invaded the conversation. So it's now it's like Khalil Watson and Jordan Lawler and Marcelo Mayer. And it's like, oh, no. Uh-oh. Oh, no. I've, I've seen this movie before. And I didn't like it very much. And then they got me to watch the sequel. And then they got me to pay for the prequel. And somehow I, I keep tuning in. Or like Henry Davis, the, the Louisville catcher who's uh, yeah. apparently a, a, a big time player his numbers have been extremely good so uh, you know what I I, I think that I, I mean obviously we're very interested to see how this ends up shaking out and then the information that we can get after the draft and, and to see why they picked who they did and, and any kind of insight like that but I think just just gut prediction I think, and, and it might be if it's the right decision, that, then I'm okay with that, you know. But I, I think they're gonna go, gonna go with a bat. I just the way that they've changed their drafting approach over the last two, three years, going with bats. I mean, and, and it's what the Cubs did to win in '16: is you draft bats and you, you acquire pitching, right? And uh, yeah, that that gut feeling is that they're gonna do that. And and if that's if that is the best decision, I'm okay with that. But I just want a pitcher because pitching is is has eluded us our entire lives. Yes. Um, so I don't know. June sixth. It's about time Ju- that we hit on a pitcher. Yeah, June eighth. That's my prediction. But we'll see. It it. I think if I was uh, predicting what the Rangers would do as opposed to you know making my own decision, yeah, I, I think it's a hitter as well. I think it's a position player. I think if – it's hard to say. If Henry Davis, the Louisville catcher, is available at two, I think the Rangers are pretty hard-pressed to pass on a, an advanced college bat. Just from the organizational shift that we've seen Texas seem to lean into these last couple of years. Um, like if you're looking for a guy who looks more like Josh Young than anybody else at the top end here, it's it's a guy like Davis. It's a, a high-end college hitter. 
and you have just a pile of these like interchangeable high school shortstops between uh, Meyer and and Watson and um, Lawler and uh, I, I don't I don't really know what you do with that. Um, well, good thing we at least have scouts on the payroll, unlike some other teams, you know, to kind of suss all that out and you know maybe find out about guys' character or at least watch them in person, right, and see how they, what kind of human being they are, in and outside of the dugout, right? Yeah. At least there's that. At least there's that. They'll figure it out. It will be uh, fun to watch. And the, the fun part is that we'll have spent an entire season convincing ourselves not to pay attention to Major League Baseball to watch the draft, which we can just get all ginned up and extremely mad about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if this continues, Texas will be in line for an easy top five, maybe even a top three pick next year. And so this pain will never end. Or this excitement will never end. There you go. <laughs> There's that glass half full. Yep. Woo. Speaking of glasses half full, I need to go fill one up so that I can fit the rest of this Rangers game. Beautiful. <laughs> go Rangers. I can see why you're getting paid, <laughs> not me. <laughs> <laughs>